Honest, I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use again. Shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello out there. Welcome once again to Sports 360 Podcast. Real pleasure to have you join us for another week where we'll discuss a lot of issues pertaining this week, I think, to Nigerian sports. Uh, we have a special guest in the house. Uh, I think this is the first lady that will join us on this podcast, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe she deserves a round of applause for that. Yeah, maybe she deserves a round of applause for that. Um, our special guest is Yemi Olus. Yemi is the senior sports writer with Making of Champions. If you remember, Making of Champions before the Olympics, we had um, her boss uh, was here with us um, to talk about the prospects of Nigeria at the Olympics. Um, Yemi is here today um, because I felt that um, we needed to have our expertise. Maybe I'm getting carried away. Maybe I'm getting too excited. But I just felt that for Nigerian track and field, it was a fantastic summer. It was an excellent summer. So I'll get to Yemi in a bit. Of course, my regular sidekicks are here. Buddy Ogutui, well, Buddy is in the US. And Yemi Adesan is here you in the studio with us. Okay, so... Let me go to you, Yemi. We have two Yemis now. So I have to say, Yemi Olus, <laughs> Yemi MOC, Yemi Champion, <laughs> whichever one. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Yemi. You were at the under 20 World Athletics Championship in Kenya where Nigeria came third. Um, four gold medals. I think it's a total of nine medals, if I'm not mistaken. Seven medals. Seven medals, okay. But let me backtrack. Olympics, you know. We won only one medal in track and field, as a Brume, but somebody like Enoch Adegoke showed great potential, got to the final in his first Olympics, 4 by 100 uh, Toby Amushaw did not win a medal. I think by half a second, she missed out on medal, but since then, she's become the first Nigerian in 11 years to win a Diamond League trophy um, in um, the 100 meters hurdles for women. <clears throat> and we had Somebody like, uh, um, you know, the young lady, Grace Wacha, was it? Wacha. who got to the semifinals in our event. 100 meters. 100 meters and 200 meters. Very promising performance. Then, the event you attended in Kenya, how we blazed and blitzed the world in the relays and in the Uzurike in the Springs. Uh, my favorite athlete now, the young lady, Nse Uko, uh, who did so well and yeah. all of that. And then, you know, capturing all of that. So that's why I said maybe I'm getting carried away. I just felt that this summer, Nigerian athletics showed great potential. Would you agree with my assessment? Definitely, to a large extent. Because just before the World Under 20 Championships, mm. we had the Olympic Games, and of course, a lot happened there. Even though yeah. we were able to win a medal in the long jump, courtesy of Essie Brume, mm. I think the World Under-20 Championships now sort of just made this, it was a perfect climax. It was a perfect climax for the season, you know, for us. Mm. So that was a very good way to to sort of um, end our participation at a major competition this year because that was our best um, performance at the World Under-20 Championships ever, finishing mm. third 
you know, behind Kenya and Finland. And um, the only edge Finland even had over us is that they had a silver medal. We had the same number of gold medals. Gold medals, okay. But we had four gold and then three bronze medals. They had four gold and one, one silver. silver. Okay. And that was just... So it, we had you know. more medals exactly, than them. Exactly, we had okay. more medals than them. So it, it was a fantastic outing. And um, for Nigeria, this um, this is something to build on going into next year, going into um, or looking ahead of the... Um, Olympics, Olympics in which is just three years, years yeah. three years away, you know. And um, I'm happy next year is going to be a very busy year. Mm. We have the World Indoor Championships in March. We have um, hopefully the African Championships in June. We have the Commonwealth Games in July. We have the World Senior Championships Senior in July yeah, as, as well. well. So it's, it's a stacked year. Okay. And I just hope that next year, definitely, um, we'll be consolidating on all of what these athletes have done this year, you mm. know, for next year. Am I, am I right in saying that with a proper plan, there's great potential for us to do well? Maybe not in the next Olympics, in the next two Olympics, in track and field. Am I being too optimistic or is that realistic? No, it's, it's, very, it's very realistic. Even in the next Olympics, if we build on what we achieved in Tokyo, we talked about Enoch now, you know, in the men's 100 meters. Enoch, first Nigerian man to make the 100 meters final in 25 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's been, based on that, he's been competing in meets in Europe. He's running today, you know, in Europe. Mm. Um, that's sort of like a recovery process after his injury during yeah, the, Olympics the Olympics and all of that. Enoch is running, he's already run a sub 10. Yeah, yeah. So, if we're talking of in three years, let's even... Like I said, anyways, I'm happy there's next year. I think mm, next year mm, is going to show to a lot of a lot of what we can do, you okay. know, in 2023. I expect him to do very well, you know, at the World Championships next year, the Commonwealth Games. Enoch was at the 2018 Commonwealth Games and he made the final. And it was his first Commonwealth Games in 2018. Mm. So now this is already, you know, 2022 next year. So that will just give us, you know, an idea of what can happen. But definitely, you know, we have Toby as well. Toby uh, is really looking forward to finishing on the podium. Yeah. You know, I spoke with her yesterday or two days ago and she was like, you know, people refer to her as the almost girl. The nearly, you know, nearly Almost, girl. almost. Mm. World Championships 2019 fourth. Olympic Games fourth. Nice. But thank God, you know, thankfully what happened during the weekend, you know, setting the African record African finally, record, yeah. you know, is, is a good way to end the season. She's also running today, but that's her last meet for this year. And then she'll take some rest and start preparing for... Um, okay. Next okay, year. guys, I'm, I'm sure you have questions as well, buddy. Uh, Yemi, don't let me be the only one asking Yemi questions. You have any questions to ask her? Um, let's take advantage of our expertise while she's here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all well and dandy if we're all being positive and looking forward, looking ahead, you know, with all the glowing remarks. But do you have an idea of any plan that's been set in motion or that is in process? For these guys to be able to shine through and maintain the level of performances that they've put out at general level, because if there's one thing that we're that we found wanting for is performing well at junior level, when it's time to up it at senior level, we just somehow those guys disappear. I think that's an excellent question, you know. And um definitely the athletes have a role to play, but our officials, you know, the government, the federation also have their roles to play as well. And I mean, it's it's major. When you look at the performances of these athletes this year, I think um, everyone knows that the next thing is we're meant to be planning 
for next year. Now we have a new AFN board in place. And thankfully, you know, the whole confusion that about AFN two boards, ended, about yeah. two boards and every, well, that is settled now. And so I believe because of that, you know, Are everyone you sure it's settled, Jamie? Well, World Athletics has recognized somebody. Okay. And to the best of my knowledge, I've not heard any other party contesting that. Okay. okay. At least, you know, for now, since, since, since it was announced. So I want to believe that everyone has decided that that's the best thing to do. You know, just look forward because that really distracted the athletes a lot mm. last year. Because, okay, if this faction is organizing the competition and this one, and then athletes are wondering, okay, where do I go to? Hope I won't get penalized if I go for this one. Yeah. And so, but all of that is in the past now. And then, okay, the new board took elections in June took over in July. So I believe that now that's what they're going to be preparing for. I heard there's supposed to be a meeting. They're supposed to have a meeting this month, later this month. So I want to believe that um, they're going to chat a course going forward because it's very, very important, really. If you look at what our athletes did this year, it would have been better if not for lost opportunities we had, like not going for the world, world release. Thank God. You know, I've said this here several times. Five relay teams who would Poland. have been able to present at the Olympics. Yeah. This year, we've not had our Nigerian male sprinters running as fast as they did this year. So I could, it was so painful that we didn't mm. get to run the men's four by one. Yeah. It was so painful we didn't get to run the women's four by four. Four by four, yeah. It was so painful, like the mixed relay, we didn't have our complete team. That was mm. like a medal race for us. For us, yeah. So these athletes put in the work, but now our officials also need to have to, definitely they need mm. to, so that, mm. you know, they're putting in the work. You just don't disappoint them like this, you know. We need to, we really need to step okay. up, you know, in terms right. of that. But you have something to ask uh, Yemi here? Yes, uh, Yemi, you know, uh, when you're talking about um, recognition of one party by by the World Athletics Federation, I smile because I remember that um, uh, when the same thing, when the same thing happened in basketball, uh, one party was actually recognized, but that didn't that didn't end the crisis. I suspect that um, uh, let us wait until that an event organized, and then we we'll know whether the other parties have agreed or not. But that's just an aside. My question to you, <laughs> my, my question to you is this. Um, the, 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 the youngsters that, that did so well at the junior meets, a lot of them were known to us. You know, so it was a pleasant surprise. Of course, that, that's the way these things usually are. Yeah. We don't know about these guys. They, go, they show up at, 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 at these junior meets and then we celebrate them. Mm. Um, where, you know, the, the, the place where these ones come from, are there a couple, of, a couple of them or more that we should look out for in the future? Um... Thank you for your question. You know, one thing Nigeria has always had is the talent. Mm. We've always had talent. We have them, you know, talent, potential. It's always been there. The only thing we've lacked in, I believe, you know, in my opinion, has always been the structure, you know. So having these athletes, of course, we have so many of them. And um, I don't know if it's good or bad that a lot of them are actually getting to go to the U.S. now. Mm. In the last two years, we've had maybe 20 athletes or so, you know, going to the U.S. On scholarships? Yeah, on scholarships, okay. you know, going to the U.S. to school and all of that. And so, you know, on one hand, you're happy that they're getting this opportunity. You know, they're getting to train in better facilities, mm. um, good programs. They're getting a future for Exactly. Themselves. And they're going to school as well. Mm. They have something to fall back on. But on the other hand, you just feel like if um, we only had a better system at home, you know, they may not need to go there. because. Um, 
you always need to, there always needs to be a system in place to try to um, find these athletes and then develop them. So definitely we have a lot more athletes to look out for. You know, you see someone like, okay, Insane now is going to the US. She's gotten the scholarship to go to mm. the US. So she'll be doing that. But we also have a number of younger athletes to watch out for, you know, as well. They are there. They so many of them, you know. You mentioned Insane. I'm in love with her from a fan perspective. You know, but what I like about her story is that she was discovered how many years ago? Four about years ago? About four years. Four, five four years, years ago, ago, she ran. I remember um, Paul Bassett wrote about her. She, she didn't have shoes. Bare, she bare, ran bare all foot, that. Yeah. But while we celebrate these athletes, can you tell us about the men behind the scenes, the coaches, especially that under-20 team that did so well? Apart from Uzurike, who came from the US, all the others, the Afolabis, all of them were, were discovered and trained here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, do we do we celebrate these coaches enough? Because that was uh, that was mostly homegrown, and and they went and did what they did at the World Under Twenty Championships. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think that we really like celebrate these coaches the way we ought to. Yeah, like if you look at um, the team, for example, a lot of them are from Delta States. Mm. You know, they had um, we have um, people like um, Coach Mavwa. Yeah. He is the coach of Godson Brume, who okay. is um, a Brume's, Brume's yeah, um, sister, younger brother. Younger brother sorry. Yeah, and, and Godson was actually in good position for gold in the men's 100 meters, yeah. but he was injured. injured you know? yeah. He got injured and he could not do that. So, I, I, Coach Marva had um, Godson, was Godson his only athlete on that team? Um, there's also the other coach, I've forgotten his name as well. He had about four athletes, you know, mm. on that mm. team as well. The team in Kenya, you know, Ella, who ran the four women's four by four, won gold. And then a number of them as well. Even Favor mm-hmm. Ophili yeah. um, had a coach in Nigeria, Coach George, um, who is in Port Harcourt. He works with the students who are in Uniport because we have a number of student athletes, a lot of them in Uniport. Uniport because right yeah. now, Uniport seems to be like the, the number one school, school when, it comes, yeah, to when yeah. it comes to sports, athletics and all of that, you know. So Coach George is there as well. He has been Favor Ophili's coach. And people would even say Favor Ophili was already a world-class athlete before she went to the US, you know. Mm. You could already see that talent in her. So we do have a number of them. And yeah, really, they need to be given more recognition. You know, they, they are working so hard. You know, these are the people who go for the inter-house sports, who sports this talent, this talent yeah, who um, also invest a lot in them. Because even what they have may not be so much, and yet they're giving all of it, you know, yeah. to these athletes. Because, you know, we've always had that thing about a lot of um, athletes who come from poor backgrounds. Yeah. They're trekking to the stadiums. Mm. They don't have food mm. to eat, mm. you know, and all of that. So the coach, the coach is everything, lot, you so know. He's the doctor, he's the coach. I'm not in the athletic pool, but I, I feel that, I just feel that, Maybe we in the media we need to play up these coaches a little bit more. Definitely, uh, definitely. we need to celebrate them a little I, bit more. I think so because I know that um, also we've been accused of that as well. You know, like um, a lot of times when we're doing, um, we're giving interviews. You know, we're granting mm. interviews to athletes, and yeah. then the coaches are like, "Come, but you guys never interview us." <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> no, it's only think, the athletes you always. And I'm yes. like, "Yes, it's true. It, it's true. I, it's I actually true. agree." You know, it's true. They I would, actually um, do a lot. You we know? would actually like to have one of these coaches on our one of our future podcasts. Where I will talk to you about that if possible. Uh, because I think we need to find out what they're doing right. And, you know, in sports, copy and paste. Just, you know, if they're doing something right, let the federal government, let the ministry adopt it or let, make them head of a scouting unit or something to go out, scout the field, look for athletes and all. Because it, I'm really, I was really, really blown away by what happened in Kenya. If those coaches could do that, then they're doing something right. And you could see that all these, these, are, these are athletes who are as young as they claim to be. Now, I'm not talking about 
some spots that uh, <laughs> we are never can tell. Because you look at him and say, okay, you know this is a kid. And she's doing so well. Uh, Yemi, buddy, final questions for Yemi before we well, leave my, the segment? My final question is a bit of a controversial one. I don't know if you will be willing to uh, <laughs> respond to that. Uh, it has to do with two of our highly rated athletes. Um, Divine Oduro one. Um, with all the potential that he's shown, I think at major competitions, he seemed to, uh, to have flattered to deceive. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, wondering that with you and, you know, those that work behind the scenes and watch closely to these athletes, what do you think is probably responsible for that? And, um, for blessing or Kagbari, all of a sudden she's gone quiet, you know, since the whole controversy. Do you have any, any scoop? Um, not, not necessarily. I don't know about what divine state was in the build up to the Olympics because I noticed that he had not run many meets. He started the season, you know, he ran a bit of indoors, but outdoors, I think he only did, um, one competition. He was not at the national trials as well. So, and you know, a lot of the times too, athletes don't like to divulge, even when like, they have injuries, they have those sort of things. They, like, they things. don't they don't want to tell you, like even when you're trying to find out and all of that. So I suspect that he may not have been um hundred percent. Yeah, maybe he was not at hundred percent. And then the, the disqualification he had in the hundred meters, I believe that was unfair. Like he was that's yeah, I mm. I, I believe so because um some no, I, I don't want to go into all of that anyways, mm. but I just believe that it was unfair. And I don't know what he would have done if he had run the hundred meters. And then um, Divine and Blessing are also very, very close. They belong to the same training group and all of that. So I also believe that maybe what happened to Blessing in a way also affected Divine because they are really, really close, like very, very tight, you know. So I don't know. Well, this is the end of the season. Let's see what happens at the beginning of the season. The world indoors is just in March. It's not so far. So we'll see. And I think from there, we also have an indication of, okay, what can this person do or not? What's the latest blessing? on blessing? Well, um, uh, we, we I know started, they were meant to test the B sample. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's been tested. Okay. I know she's back on social media. Though. She <laughs> is? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, buddy, final question from you. Yeah, 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 thank you so very much um, for, for taking us through this journey. Hopefully, we got to speak to you again if and when if and when we see the two factions of it. Thank you for having me. Okay. It was great being yeah, here. Yeah, thank you. You know, you and I met a few years ago at Lagos Business School. Yes. I didn't even know, no, you you were, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know you were working with Making of Champions. I made a positive comment about that because um, it's not because you're here. Bamba was here a few weeks ago, said the same thing. I want to thank you guys for what you're doing. Yeah. For that thank platform you. you created for young people to establish themselves and have a future. You had a few athletes at the web at the, at the Olympics, yeah, we had one. And you had one Olympics. or two at the two at the world under twenty years. as well. So I mean, um, sponsorship. I know it's very tough. It comes today, it goes tomorrow. But I want to thank you for what you're doing, and I just honestly believe that at some point you keep at it, your due rewards will come. Thank you Amen. for <laughs> thank you for coming here. We really appreciate. Thanks for having me. You uh, on that note of sponsorship, uh, we go to um, Nigerian football. And in the last few weeks or months, there's been a whole lot of sponsorship activity around the Super Eagles. Um, I was at one. The, what I liked about that one was, well, it was Super Eagles and all national teams. Um, 
was not super exposed. Most of the others, a uh, real estate company, a betting company, a couple of hours, a couple of days ago, or yesterday, in actual fact, so many other companies have become official partners of the Super Eagles. Let me state here that you cannot build any sport. So you're talking about uh, with the MULUS now without sponsorship. The relationship between sponsorship and sport is like Siamese twins. Sport needs sponsorship to survive. So there's no way we're downplaying the value of sponsorship. We thank all the sponsors who have teamed up with the Super Eagles and we appreciate what they're doing, putting their head and money to support Nigerian sport. So that's appreciated and that's a laid down fact. Sponsorship is very key. Kudos to the NFL as well. They say they are on, almost on 100%. They won't need to go to government for handouts to run NFF. That's great. That money can go into other developmental areas, I hope. But that's what the NFF president said. The, after signing with the betting company last night, he said that they're almost at full. <sighs> when they signed with the Communications Company, I was there, he said we're 85%. <laughs> full. They don't need money from government. That's good. What I have a problem with body is the fact that, and that's why I call this window dressing. The Super Eagles appears to be the only focus of the NFF. And that's my worry. Because we're not putting developmental projects in place. It's, in fact, it's getting to a point where we're not producing quality talents from the home front like we used to do. So I get the feeling that while it's all nice and dandy and this is nice, the sponsor, like I said, the sponsorship is inf- important. It, it's great. Are we not taking our eyes off the ball when it comes to local scene? All kinds of things happen. Lack of security at match venues. You can argue that NFL is not the one in charge. LMC, as far as I'm concerned, I said appendage of uh, NFL. The NNL playoffs that just ended was full of controversy and all of that. I feel primarily NFL's job is to develop Nigerian football at all levels. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel that there's another consideration of this on the Super Eagles, and I don't think that's good enough. Buddy? It is not just that. It is not good enough. The Super Eagles, and the focus of them, on, on them is a cancer that is, that is slowly killing Nigerian football. And then uh, I know over the years we have talked about this, it, and it looks it, it, it's, it's not just that the, the, that um, the, the sponsorship is focused on the super good. It's also that two things. First off, we have also talked about this. We never know the value of sponsorships. While that is not a bad thing, you know, because some will argue that most of the time. I mean, I've had this discussion with with um, with the top level of NSF before, and he says to me that look. Even in developed countries, it is not it is not every time that the, that the full value of a sponsorship is disclosed. Fine, but even in cases where the full value of the sponsorships are not disclosed, we see the effects and we see the way uh, um, uh, the organizations handle the activation of those sponsorships. For me, it is it, it for me it it, it it is that the NFL president kept has been saying. If I'm not wrong, it's coming to it's coming to the end of the second term. He has been saying since the start of his first term that the NFF will be hundred percent autonomous when it comes to sponsorship when it comes to running their program. Finances. Without going to the government. 
But the, 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 the truth is that we have seen a lot of sponsorship agreements signed, a lot that even the NFL president himself boosted that this is this is the era where despite which have enjoyed the most sponsorships and yet we have not been able to run away from the same problems that had beset the NFL from time in Amuria. If we can't pay despite these coaches, the coach, we can't pay bonus for the players. And then every time that comes up, we hear we are still expensive money from the ministry. We never hear our sponsors have not paid up or as well as our up, we are using money for XYZ. So, while the focus on the Spargos is gradually killing Nigerian football, like rightly said, we have not seen the value of those sponsorships transmitted into active solving of the problems that we know the NFL have, 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 have always had. And yes, while the LMC or the NWF or whatever they call them, uh, the body uh, that runs the women's professional league at the NNL, while all of them are not NFL per se, but they are under the supervision of, of the NFLDG. And I feel that the fact that all these other local homegrown home, home um, bodies are not enjoying sponsorship tells us that maybe there's something the NFL needs to do. Look, maybe our people say, I came from Obama, we don't compare children. Yes, it's true. But you can borrow what other people are doing. And look at this sponsorship that, uh, that um, uh, the, 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 the national men's football team of other African countries are joining. The blacks, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the black of Ghana, they have sponsorship. The Bayana Bayana of South Africa, sponsorship, sponsorship everywhere. Even the even the women sleep. Why can't we find out what these people are doing and bullying? Because they are, I'm, I'm sure that and I'm sure that it is not that the corporates, uh, the people running the corporate bodies in Nigeria, it's not. I'm sure it's not that they don't want to let them up because they are getting involved with the So what is it that is keeping them away? So I don't want to go 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 into us arguing about what has happened in the past. I'm talking about it that oh, because uh, this this uh, this this no. But going forward, why haven't we why haven't we why, why haven't we been able to solve the problem? Because the super rules as they are now, they automatically they, they, they attract sponsorships. The work you do as the NFF is to ensure that uh, and that we will, we, we will appreciate is when you bring sponsorship to the other part of football. And we are not seeing that. So for me, mm. for anybody to think that they have they've had a successful tenure because the are doing well, because the are getting are getting sponsored, I think it's it's a uh, um uh it's uh, it's false because the spiders automatically because of the brand that they attract sponsorship. So for me, I think going forward after this, if you, if you can't tie this around Amadou Pinik and his board, the benchmark for success. For any football board, sponsorship, sponsorship for all the other uh, uh, the other bodies that work with them, this is, is given. And I think because we have not asked this of them, even the media, all of us have joined in the, in the uh, uh, have been caught up in the news of the smile that we don't ask hard, tough questions when it comes to the league, when it comes to the women's league, when it comes to the lower league, like the NNF or NNF or so I'm saying going forward, 
Let us put the spagus aside. We know the spagus are going to attract sponsorship. Board members, NFF, and the people that are working with you in all these other bodies. Your yardstick for success will be how have you managed to get the super ego, uh, to get the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the Nigerian Premier League, the NNL and the Women's League. How have you managed to get them into mainstream of sponsorship and and, and drawn a uh, uh, um, corporate Nigeria into that orbit? Okay, that should be the yardstick going forward. Okay, um, but you you asked a few questions, and I'll I'll attempt to answer some of those questions, but. For me, the Super Eagles are an established brand before Amajupini came. Mm -hmm. They were a very well established brand. It wasn't if it was it's not uh, it was it wasn't um Amaju came on board when? 2014. Um the Super Eagles was well established. They have been to two consecutive World Cups. So and let's leave that aside. So if you come into this space, the Super Eagles was an established brand. You went to the World Cup, it wasn't new. We had gone to five World Cups before that. What is different in Nigerian football? And I look at the local scene, and I think things are getting terribly worse. Yeah. And uh, some of the questions, buddy, asks why are they not attracting sponsorships? We know. I think we we can answer some of the questions. There's no security. We every week in week out we see violence at match venues. We saw a lady wearing Bendel Insurance. Uh, she was a Bengal insurance official, a lady run onto the pitch at the weekend attempting to beat up a referee. And she was doing that. People were holding her. She was doing it openly. I don't think there's been any consequence to that person or to that lady till, till as we speak. We've seen situations where fans ran onto the pitch and chased players <laughs> into the... You know, it, 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 it's, not, it's funny, but it's pathetic. It's really sad. So, if you have a product that has negative stories day in, day out, year in, week in, week out, how are you going to attract sponsorship? Which corporate body wants to add his or their name to that? None. Yeah, but they'll blame so, the media and say, you only pro the media only projects the bad news. No, but, but the bad news no, is there. No, apart from the bad news, there's some guys who are, somebody like Buddy, when the league was non-existent, there are guys like Buddy, there are many guys I know who promoted this league when it was more or less a non-league. Yeah. And there are some younger guys who are doing the same thing, who follow this and promote it. We don't want to mention it, but we know who they are. So they are doing their bit. So in the course of doing their bit, if there is bad news, of course they will report it. Look, not bad news is there. There's, there's no hiding place And then another thing is that the NFF there, I think, is that it's like you have, but they mentioned children. It's like you have four children. And one of them is brilliant and bright and fantastic. And you focus all your energies on that, on that one. one. You are, as a father, suffer, what's happening to your other three children? Because as far as I'm concerned, the Nigerian League is one of the children that NFF has, as far as I'm concerned, is their first child. Yeah. Yes. Because we'll go to the, let's even assume we qualify for the World Cup. We'll go to the World Cup. We've been going to the World Cup. So what's new? What difference does it make? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but they talk about sponsorship and all of that. We'll get to, our third topic has to do with sponsorship. But unless we clean this organ stable, it's tough to see meaningful sponsorship coming to our football. Yes. Locally, I mean. It is extremely tough. But then, but then there's, this, there's a flip side. They'll yeah. tell you that the league has uh, the beverage company and the betting company as sponsors. But you ask yourself, so why haven't you been paid private money in the last three years? Why has the uh, referees indemnities well, not been paid almost for the entire season? You know, 
uh, they'll tell you um, because TV money is the bigger buy. Yes, you brought up your NFL, uh, MPFL TV to no, to no good, to no effect. You know, so um, I, I think the problem is that first, when you are in a dire situation, mm. you need to admit that you are in a dire situation. Yeah, and kind of reduce or limit your expectations. And I think Nigerian football, and I'm talking from the NPFL, the NNL, and the NWFL perspective, are somewhat caught in a bubble. You know, their heads are in the clouds where you think that you are at a certain level and you don't realize that, look, guy, we need to get off this high horse Mm -hmm. and calm down. Why am I saying so? So if somebody approaches the LMC today and says, you know, we'd like to sponsor the league, of course, what they would look is they'll probably look at, like they always say, global best practices mm. and then match themselves with the PSL, the guys in North Africa, and say, this is the kind of sponsorship money we want. But then if we're, if we're being sincere with ourselves, how do you actually match up to those leagues in terms of the value that you produce? It's not comparative. So you probably need to come down and say, look, guys, where we are, we are not where we were. After Ndukarabal left, we had hit a certain peak. Mm. But in the last three years, the dropped. stock has dropped significantly that you are at a point where you lost TV money in that period, you lost TV coverage in that period, and once there are no eyeballs, nobody's going to give you money. And I think our guys haven't realized that they came with their MPFL thinking that it would change the world overnight, which it didn't. Now, why am I saying so? I'm saying the LMC are at a point where you need to approach sponsorship with a, you know, with a much more conservative standpoint. More say, look, humility. Hum- yeah, with more humility. I say, look, okay, look, we're, we're in a dire situation. Bring everybody to the table, tell the clubs, look, we have to plow back. Take a few steps back and say, see, if we're paying you 100 million for winning the league before, we can't do that anymore. Mm. We've owed for three seasons or thereabout. Let's come back. What, how much money do we have in the pool? Okay, we can commit X percent for prize money. Yes, it's not profitable to play the league. Let's not deceive ourselves. You do that. Then you now walk up to different corporate bodies and say, okay, you, buried company or subject company. We like you. We like what you're doing. We know that we can partner with you well, but let's do this. Let's do the first year. Don't give us any money. We're giving you official sponsors, soft drink um, company mm. to the MPFL. No money, just give us products. We want you to activate in all the 20 centers in the MPFL. The guys that ordinarily sell the drinks, clothe them in your color, mix with the color of the, of the home give team. Give them a value proposition. Give them a value proposition. Brand, so give the stadium some life because mm. the branding of the stadium will attract fans to the stadium. Yeah. We'll make it look good for TV. Then you tell them, invest in these people that sell drinks at the stadium anyway. So if they buy 100 naira outside, you probably sell it to them 90 naira. So they make extra change. If that company sells 100 bottles every day, and the season ends, so you play 20 home games in each of the states, almost 380 games Mm -hmm. a season combined, at the end of the season, tell them, thank you very much. We're happy with what done, but I can assure you that something company will beg you mm. with money and say, ah, guy, come on. Let's continue. We will pay. 
You've done well to give us free. Okay. That's the point we need to get to. Yemi, let me cut you. I, I want to bring Bode in here because what you've just said, Yemi, is what I mean when I say you have to build from the bottom up. You have gone to the base of the pyramid and you are trying to build it layer by layer, block by block, brick by brick. You have not gone to the top, which for me, the top in Nigeria so, is the super, super eagles. Eagles. Because what I think, what I've said this several times, what we're doing is we're building Nigerian football from the top. And there's no way, if you don't have a leg to stand, it will appear nice and dandy until, God forbid, I'm not, I'm not saying we don't qualify for the World Cup. Until <laughs> one day, we don't qualify for the World Cup because we are not going to qualify forever. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. One, there will be downs and ups. When we don't qualify for the World Cup, that's when you see that the sponsorships will dry up of at that level. And then you have nothing else to offer. So, at this stage where we're in, buddy, as we round this up, what's the best advice to build the local football? Because there's so many issues and the people in charge seem not to be really interested in doing, like Jamie said, the dirty work that has to be done to build from the bottom up. That exactly is the phrase. Look, the way Nigerian footballists now, there are so many things wrong. There are so many things that you, yeah, that you need to face. There are so many things you need to face out. There are so many things that you need to enforce. Because the, 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 the problems are multifaceted, you know. And not getting sponsorship is just the, uh, is the, is the, is the results. Of many things that are bubbling under, that you cover every day, that that you know that even some people in the media see and they don't report, that the officials see and they and and they, and they carry face so or insist that is the right thing, you know. So I think that first people start talking about getting getting sponsorship, we need to we need to tell tell ourselves hard truths and make tough decisions. The scenario the scenario you, you described. Earlier about the, about the, about the, about um, uh, a fan wearing a shirt, running on the pitch and doing stuff. That is in the media. Whether we like it or not, it affects decision making. Mm-hmm. We have talked about getting our clubs involved with communities. We are talking about making their making the arena, the stadium, safe for families. We have talked about enforcing laws that ensure that clubs are dealt with. When they infract on rules, all of these things, all of these things need to be done. There's no shortcut to it, none at all. And you see, the reason why the super groups attract so much, uh, so much attention, so much sponsorship is that because generally they operate at a different level mm-hmm. and they go international. And so a lot of these brands are looking for international exposure, as it were. But so until until we clean up our act internally, locally. You know, we are going to be we are going to be saying this. that's why I said that. Look, for anybody to be taking serious, for me going forward, pick up their shirts and do the work that you need and to show that there's a lot of that credibility. Can you imagine uh, the, the one of one of the NNL matches? The game was not played because teams protested about the referee that is coming because because they impugn the man's what do you call they depend on this. They are insisting that they don't get fair calls because it's, it's a certain referee, you know. And because of that, the match wasn't played. A game has to be postponed. 
That tells you they, yes, that tells you how bad it is. Yeah. When they can fully say, Are you, you know you <laughs> because you know, for them to protest and for, and for them to agree, it is how do you how do you tell the organizer? I'm not saying because of the referee. Who does that? <laughs> that that's what you know, they agree. They actually they brought a new set and they said you don't like this one. <laughs> they agree. So those are the things that we need to, 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 we need, we need to take care of the two things. Yeah. Because once we take care of little things, like you said, the big things will not fall into place. We are we are want to bring for result, it's not gonna happen. Okay. Let me just read this. Okay, okay. quickly, Yemi. Yeah, what what they said there about the referee? Uh, Leeds versus Liverpool. Mm. Interesting, the, the guy that officiated that game. Guess where it's from? Mm. Yorkshire. Which, Which is, is where Leeds, Leeds are, from. are from. And he officiated that Fairly. game. Mm. Quite fairly. You know? Secondly, we need to tell our people to stop talking about the 60%, 70%, 80%, 90%, Why not? 100% solvent. January is around the corner mm. when the Nations Cup comes around. Say you say I said it too. What's <laughs> my own? <laughs> All right. Um, this dovetails into our next topic, which is about uh, creating sponsorship value. We've talked a lot about attracting sponsors and all of that, but for you to ask sponsors to put their money out there, you've got to give them a value proposition. What are they getting? It's not. It's not free money. Most companies have boards that you have to go to and explain your expenditure and explain why you're sending spending 10 naira on this program or this project or this event. I'll backtrack and tell you guys a story. Because to be fair, I feel the major problem we have is that the sporting federations we have are not are manned by people who are not fit for purpose, who don't understand what marketing is, and it's going to be very difficult to attract sponsors, except maybe the sponsorship aspect is farmed out to private companies who can help them. I'll tell you what I mean. In 1995 or 1996, thereabouts, our sports manager at DBN TV. DBN TV prided itself on sports programming and we wanted to have a lot of sports content. I had a seven-hour sports show, 12 noon to 7 p.m. on every, on a Saturday, every Saturday. And I couldn't, I couldn't uh, put only foreign content in that belt. I had to create local content. So what did we do? I think that time, they, all the sports associations were at uh, the National Stadium. They had their offices there. We wrote a letter. I think it was about 28 associations then, if I remember correctly. <laughs> we wrote a letter to all the associations telling them that we're DBN TV, we're a sports-oriented station. Uh, we want to help them with um, coverage of their events so that we could um, help them generate sponsorship. And we wrote a letter trying to partner with them. And all of that, I wrote that letter, I signed it. We sent it out because I was sports manager. Guess how many responses I got? One. One. And guess the only association that responded? Cricket. Football. football okay. That's, that was the funny thing. It was only football that responded. And football didn't really need us at that time because they had the Super Eagles that had gone to the World Cup. This was 1995. So, all the other sporting federations that needed help, not a single one of them responded to that letter. This was a TV station offering you free time. publicity and time. So what happened? We had to start going after events. And tell you what, at the end of the day, we showed cricket. There was a congratulatory cricket. We had sponsors for it. We had sponsors for badminton. We had sponsors for taekwondo. We went out on our own. 
We had the polo that they don't know how to play the polo. We had sponsors for that. But as a private organization, we worked hard and got sponsors for all, even squash. They had a, at the Koei Club had a squash competition. They, we had sponsors for it. And we had people who paid. And the session made decent money for that period. I, even though if I say so myself, patting myself <laughs> on the back now. But what am I saying? Our federations are used to government will pay for everything. And that is not a sustainable model. So, while we can blame all, we can, we can talk about NFF all we like. NFF is not the only one in this boat. All the other associations, federations, just don't get it when it comes to looking for sponsorship. I mean, when we had, in my case, when they have somebody come forward to try and help them, they didn't move. They're not bringing anything to the table as far as they're concerned. When we bring something to the table, can you imagine? Something. I was giving them free airtime. It's not something. Free content. It's not something. And free publicity. It's not something. Wow. <laughs> you know, value is... Um, I think we see value differently in this country. Mm. Um, if you look at all the sponsorship we have, it's just sit back, do a big press conference, mm. collect the money. No, no, wait for the... I expect the money to just roll in. Uh, no, let's even say the money is about to roll in. Okay. Do a big press conference announcing, sit back, collect the money, and everybody goes to sleep. So, there's enough blame to go around. From the association side, and of course, from the sponsor side as well. Mm-hmm. Both are not activated. How do you blame, how do you blame the sponsors? I'll tell you how you blame the sponsors. You're not, you not, you not presenting them with value on the table. But I'll tell you how, you how you can blame the sponsors. Because the sponsors themselves are stakeholders. They're putting the money there. No, no, what I'm saying, what I'm mm-hmm. thinking about is, don't get me wrong, what I'm saying is, how do you get this, them to put money down in the first place? We are, we are talking about activation after they have put money down. Yeah. But in this case, how do you even get them to dip their hands in their pocket and put money to support sporting events? Because at the point where you're trying to get them, you have shown them something. Right? They've seen it. They see the potential, the prospect of what you're telling them. Now, they've come to the point where they're ready to drop the money. But after that point, everybody goes to sleep. That's why I fought the sponsor. Because if I'm putting money now, I should be willing to activate my money mm-hmm. to say, look, this money has to work for me. Why am I saying so? So you have certain sponsors that the Super Egos have, have today. And you ask yourself, aside when you just hear their name associated with a particular competition, that's the only or time... a particular you, match. Match. That's the only time you probably hear that sponsor's name. In the whole year. And you ask yourself, ah, what is what are these people actually getting from this arrangement? Are they getting consummate value, commensurate value for the money they put in? That is a very critical question. So what am I saying? I put money in, fans are coming to say, how how is that sponsor touching? Each and every member of the public that is attending the games, the matches, the competitions, how are they touching them? Is it just by name? You can't just have that sponsor's name just be there. We've had conversations where you are saying, as a sponsor, why can't we have a sponsor summit? Mm-hmm. Every year, the NFF, AFN, MBBF have a sponsor summit where 
every sponsor is seated and they tell us their plans for the sport. They tell us plans for the person that sponsors, the team they are sponsoring for the year. It's an opportunity for them to also showcase their products, you know, for people to see. So if it's a telco company, they are there. If it's a mobile phone company, he's showing the latest mobile phone brand they've just made. The potential people that can buy it are going to attend that summit. That is one thing that we don't do. Meet and greet. With the players, the athletes, they don't do that. That's value. That's a value proposition. Mm -hmm. The CEOs of these companies want to have an opportunity to sit with the top athletes and say, whether you like it, we we have a little groupie in all of us. Mm -hmm. They want to sit there in one room and say, I I took a picture with... Or how are you doing? You know, have a conversation. I think in this part of the world, we don't see the value in such things. Mm. And that is one of the setbacks we have with respect to creating sponsorship. Mm. This this thing you said, it reminds me, in 2013, the Spikes were on their way to the Confederations Cup. I I traveled to Houston, Texas. They played a friendly match against Mexico. Ah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, this is what they did. They had a fan zone outside. And they had their legends. The, the former goalkeeper that used to wear colorful jerseys. Forgotten Campos. his name. Campos. They had Campos. They had, I think, one guy that was Pompido. They had, I don't know, Pompido's Argentine. Exactly. They had one guy, a Black Hawk, that Blanco. used to put the ball in between his legs and hop with it. And, and what did they do? Their fans took pictures with those guys. You know, they were not the current players. So it's like, maybe Nigeria's playing and you go there, it's JJ, it's Kanu that you're seeing. And, you know, it was colorful and they bought a lot of things and all that. That was activation that had extra thinking. Having said that, buddy, my view is that as football, our clubs, other federations, other sports, our sporting federations simply don't understand the meaning of the word marketing. Do you agree with me? Of course, I agree with you. I was listening to Yemi talk and I'm just smiling because (laughs) Yemi knows and and I know even he himself must have said it somewhere or must have thought it that what our company is doing CSR. Because yes. when you sponsor something, they do. I'm sure you've had it before. That when you spend 25 naira on sponsor, you spend 25 naira on activation. One third or a quarter of what you spend on the average you spend 40 percent sponsor. See, they do. you have mm-hmm. to spend money on activation. Yeah. Our companies don't do that because as far as they are concerned, what they do is CSR. Then you want to the national names and 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 move on, and that has been one of the major. In the past, when companies say they are sponsoring something, you and I know how they activate. Mm. There are brands that have sponsored the Eagles and they have activated. Yeah, there are brands that have sponsored the league and they have activated. There are brands that have sponsored women football and they activated in the past. And we saw it. The media will be involved. The fans will be involved. The players will be involved. They are the awards for the players. Nowadays, we just, people, they just bounce the word sponsorship. You cannot say you are sponsoring anything when you are not activating. And mm. that is the major thing. mentioned about the Mexican players. I'm very sure that those players got in. Yeah. That is activation. Definitely. You want to be connected. And, and, they, and the funny thing is, that's how you, like you said, they, they, they sold things. And that's how you make your money. Mm-hmm. When you, get, you you have to spend money to make money, both at, at the, both for the uh, for for the company sponsoring and 
And like like Kenny like, like said, the reason why these guys don't sit down to talk about what they want to get from, from the sponsorship is that it's both ways. The reason why these guys don't, don't activate is because the, the other thing they're interested in, they're interested in and we both know what it is. I don't want to get you. So I won't say anything, say anything about what, what they actually do. But you and I know that if you do not activate a sponsorship, what you are, what, what you are doing is you are just mounting the one sponsor. You are not sponsoring anything. Mm. What you are doing is CSR. And of course, CSR, like when you are you know, like uh, all, all, all these multi events that, uh, that, that you know that, that, that you do a lot of in Nigeria, where the budget can be anything from 10 million to 100 million. And you're wondering, what, what did they spend the money on? You mm. don't know where the money goes. Mm. You know, um, like I said earlier in the course of today's broadcast um, or podcast, sponsorship is very, very vital. If you look at the best-run f- sports franchises in the world, the Premier League, NFL. FIFA competitions, uh, the NFL, NBA, it's a seamless and a continuous partnership. And that is one area where you look at sports in Nigeria, like we said, apart from the Super Eagles, which to me is usually tied to them going to the Nations Cup or the, or World, the World Cup. Yeah. We don't have a continuous sponsorship relationship that you can say has been going on for five years, 10 years, and all of that. How can we? Because without this money coming in, we're just going to be going round and round in circles. Sport development would not be what it should be. So how do we get to the point where even if, like you said, Yemi, we start small and we start building it up? You know, how do we get to that point where we start building, up, at least start from somewhere? Because at the end of the day, this has to be done. Otherwise, <laughs> we are not going anywhere. Oh, we have to move away from the um, from the CSR mindset. That has to be the first step. We have to move away from the CSR m- mindset and know that, look, there's a, is a two, sponsorship is a two-way street for that benefits everybody. So maybe at some point we need to start valuing our sponsorship. Valuing in the sense that what is the value to the sponsor and what is the value to the person that's sponsoring? So, mm-hmm. in some cases, in most cases, you have to uh, do your cost of acquisition. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm putting money. What cost is this sponsorship to me? In minute numbers, narrow it down to the minimum numbers. Secondly, what role does the media play in that sponsorship? Mm-hmm. In the old days, are now not so you know, illustrious, prestigious challenge cup. On radio in the 80s and 90s, you had, mm. you know, shows going on, presence. five minutes, ten minutes shows presence. on radio yeah. on that competition because it was sponsored. And those sponsors put money behind it to push the narrative. So that has to change. Um, it has to be broad. It has to be all-encompassing. You made a point. And it has to be, um, you have to partner with the media as well because it's the media that brings the eyeballs um, it's not everybody that will be able to go to the stadium. Maximum, a stadium can take 60, 100,000. If you use the I media, millions... No, I'm just saying, maximum. <laughs> let's even say 100,000. But the media makes sure that millions of people watch at the same time, apart yeah. from the 100,000 in the in the studio. Okay, we we, we come to the end of... We, I didn't know we had run out of time, but apparently we are run out of time. We're, we've been having fun. We'd like to thank Yemi Olus, Megan of Champions, for joining us earlier in the podcast to give us some insights into... Nigeria's summer of success in athletics. 
And we've talked a bit about sponsorship and all of that. To the NFF, this is not a criticism, it's an appeal. You have done well. It's an appeal. So You've far. done well getting sponsorship for the Super Eagles. We love it. But please, let's just pay a little bit more attention to local it football, is. to right the wrong so that we can all pick it up from there. Because as far as we are concerned, you cannot build football from the bottom up. I mean, from the top down. It has to be from the bottom up. And the bottom of the ladder is the local scene. So, thank you guys for joining us on today's uh, broad podcast. It's Post 360 Pod on Instagram. You can go there, join us. Um, we'll see you again next week. Take care.